Welcome to Coast to Ghost. I'm Carly. And I'm Bee, and we are two friends that met in Build-A-Bear a couple years ago, and now we tell scary stories to keep ourselves entertained. So what's going on in your life? Um, okay, this sounds so weird, but the Scream trailer, the new one, just released mm-hmm. like two hours ago. Have you seen it? I have not seen it, but I have seen um, little articles actually like two minutes ago it is absolutely insane like it looks like a remake done right so hopefully what about you what's going on i mean like scream trailer not too too exciting but super exciting at the same time um well you come i don't know if you watched you it comes out friday does it this friday yeah the next the next season yeah oh Or not Friday, maybe Saturday. Saturday. See, I have a love-hate relationship with that show because I want to hate them so much because they're but such bad people. But you kind of like them? Yeah, like, I hate Joe. I'm going to say that straight up. He's a narcissist. Um, mm-hmm. But as soon as they introduced love and she was, like, kind of the same person, just a girl, I was like, okay, whatever. Hope you're happy together. Who cares? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's... You have a winter storm advisor going on, don't you? I do. It's not... Right now, it's just like... It's really cloudy outside and really cold because I live in a basement apartment and I didn't... Did you know that you're supposed to winterize your windows? Like, in cold places? No. Well, apparently that's a thing, and I've just never done it. I've just suffered through the cold upstairs, but now that I'm in the basement apartment, uh, it's like mm. 20 degrees in here right now. Oh, nice. And, yeah, you're supposed to put, like, plastic and, like, shrink wrap it over your windows so the air doesn't get in through the windows. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, because I live in a house that was, like, built in the 30s. I was so. going to say maybe, yeah, because my, my the houses I lived in back up north were not that old. Yeah, I mean, they don't have, there's no central, there is central heating, but it doesn't work. Because it just, like, warms the laundry room, which is not where I am. Like, (laughs) But if you have to get warm, just go, go into your dryer. Yeah, I could just, like, chill in the dryer and just, like, (laughs) chill in the creepy-ass basement part of the basement. But, yeah, no, there's no central air either. So when I moved here, I was so confused because I was like, what do you guys do for air conditioning? And they're like, we don't. We don't air conditioning here. Don't. Yeah, they're just like, we just open the windows. I guess I should get into what I have for you guys today. And it's a fucking roller coaster. Like, I was texting Carly through this entire thing. And I just didn't know what to do or, like, where to go or, like, who to trust. I know that sounds so insane, but I started researching this case and it's a case that has absolutely zero coverage other than the standard Charlie report and like the Doe network, which for those of you who don't know, whenever someone goes missing, they get a profile on the Charlie network and it mm-hmm. soon spreads to like different places, basically stating the um, the circumstances of their disappearance and then like height, weight, what they were last wearing. So that is all I could find out on this case. Um, oh, see, yeah. Shelby was... Um... I keep calling you Shelby. It's okay. You can call me Shelby. (laughs) Shelby was texting me all week and, like, not spoiling it for me because this is, like she said, it's not a story that got a lot of coverage. I just know very minimal from what she has told me, but I'm very excited to hear because I know she's got some cool sources for this story. 
I do, and I actually have a personal connection to the case, too. So it was very, very hard to be objective, which is why I kind of want to give... I will be giving disclaimers throughout this entire thing because, like I said, it's wild. There's a lot of speculation. There's very little fact. Um, So take everything I say with a grain of salt because that's how I took it when I was getting this information from people. Um, there is no concrete evidence and there's actually no police report in existence oh, wow. anymore. Yeah. Uh, point for Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. That's nuts. Um, yeah. So I guess I will start with the story of how I came involved in this case. Um, I know a lot of people don't really care. They want me to get just to the case. But like I said, I don't have that much information on it. So I did want to start on how I found out about this case since it is very little coverage. In 2013, me and my mom were driving down a street in Baltimore, Maryland called Foster Avenue, where my mom actually grew up. She lived there her entire life uh, with my aunt, her sister and her brother and her parents. The thing about this house and this neighborhood, from what I've learned from both my mom and the sources I talked to, is that they're very close-knit. Everybody knew everybody, and this case started in the 80s, so it was even closer-knit than it is now, considering, you know, neighborhoods, you have your neighbor, you say hello, and that's it. And for it being, like, a big city, like Baltimore. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't necessarily in Baltimore, Maryland. It was kind of on the outer uh, edges of Baltimore. It was okay. in Parkville. Uh, Parkville is very suburban. At this time, it is a little rougher than it was when my mom was growing up there. But in the 80s, it was very uh, cookouts on the street. And there's a park right down the street that everybody went to. And I actually... I was so, so young when I lived in this house. And I didn't technically live in this house, but my mom still worked in Baltimore and we lived in Pennsylvania. So I would go to my grandmother's house, who she still lived there at the time, and we would just like watch VHS tapes and like <laughs> just kind of chill out. Does your grandma still live there? My grandma actually passed away. She moved to Myrtle Beach and then she passed away. My grandma doesn't live there anymore, but my cousins actually lived in the house until early 2000s and then they got their own place. So it was still in the family until like 2010, maybe. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. which is which pretty interesting. So... When we went to go visit some family in Baltimore, my mom wanted to show me where she grew up and where I kind of vaguely remembered. Um, At this point, someone else was living there. So we were just going to do like the super creepy drive by. (laughs) And we pulled in front of the house and she actually didn't pay attention to her own house. She looked across the street because there was this fairly new building there. Um, What they're doing with the neighborhood is they're tearing down the houses and then they are building new ones in the spot that the other houses were in. So it didn't look like the rest of the houses. It looks strangely modern. But she was just like, oh, that's where that little girl went missing in the 80s. And I was like, excuse me? Yeah, exactly. I was like, mom. Casual. Right? And she is a bigger true crime fan than I am. Like, I love my Uh. mom to death, but she is the nosiest woman I have ever met. Like, she will physically make me go up to, like, windows of closed businesses and be like, what does it say? I'm like, it says they're closed. (laughs) Like, that's what it does. So the fact that she didn't tell me about this little girl who went missing in the 80s when she had graduated high school, I was like, ma'am, you need to, like, expand a little bit here. Yeah, and for her to, like, 
live right there. Right? And for her to know the little girl, too, that I found out at a later date, I was like, okay, interesting. How have you never (laughs) talked about that? Right? And she actually, she shrugged it off then, too. And at that point, I was like, okay, weird. Because she was just like, oh, I don't know that much. And I was just kind of like, okay, I guess, like, do we want to keep driving then? Like, what do you want from me? Um, So I actually didn't end up asking my mom about this girl again until we started this podcast. She just kind of, like, was dragging her feet. She's like, I really don't know. And I was like, okay, well, you have to know something. Like, you, it wasn't like you were six when this happened. You were 18 going on 19. You work, like, a full-time legal job. So you know what's going on. And she basically just told me what she remembered, which is this girl went missing and no one ever talked about her again. And that is very interesting to me. So I decided to dig into this case. And this is where I'm going to get into the facts of like what we know, not what I heard, Um, because I did hear so, so much. And how old was the girl who went missing? 13 years old. Okay. Yeah, so she's 13. So Shannon went missing on March 3rd, 1984. It said that she penned a note to her mother telling her that she was going to go to a party. And then she snuck out her window and she was never seen again. The thing that seems to bother a lot of people about this case is the fact that she wrote a note at all. It's never been released to the public. And many people speculate that it said something different than going to a party. Because why would you write a note if you're sneaking out your window? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, it was never released. So we don't know. So there could not even be a no. When Shannon didn't return home, her mother was quick to assume that she had gone to see her father. The couple had recently separated and Shannon spent the summers with her father, but she never made it if that's where she intended to go because her father never saw her again. At the time of her disappearance, she lived in the house across the street from my mom with her own mom and a woman named Connie Hoffer, which by the way, extremely hard to track down that woman's last name. Everybody in the neighborhood just knew her as Connie. (laughs) According to my mother, Connie owned a bar. And uh, Shannon's mother moved in with Connie. And they lived there for a number of years before Shannon went missing. It was, again, speculation. I don't want to say this is like fact. But a lot of people believe that Connie and Shannon's mother were in a romantic relationship. Which is big for 1984. Yeah. And how recent was Shannon's mom and her, I guess, ex-husband's divorce? Do you know? I have no clue. Um, It seemed like it was a while, but uh, a lot of people said that her mom was just in it for the money of, like, child support. And she was just kind of money hungry, which, again, speculation. Yeah, there's absolutely zero information. I actually... I talked to four different people and could not get a name of Shannon's mom. So I don't even know her mom's name. Yeah, it's really, really weird. Um, So her mom and her lived with Connie Hoffer, who actually lived in the house until very, very recently. And yeah, she's pretty old. She's 86 now. According to the Doe Network, Shannon was last seen wearing high khaki boots and a white fur coat. And a lot of people have taken issue with this, too, because she was 13 years old. And in the early 80s, it was considered inappropriate and borderline scandalous for someone who's 13 years old. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so people didn't know why she was wearing that. 
Other identifiers of Shannon consist of scars on her abdomen and near her left eye, surgical scars on the back of her buttocks from surgery to correct a shattered pelvis, and a split mandible. Oh. Uh-huh. That's... She's 13, right? 13. That's pretty, um... I don't know what the word I'm looking... Like, that's extensive, like... Yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> I'm glad you find that sketchy, because I also find it very, very yeah. sketchy. Yeah, The case makes mention of a postcard being sent from Florida confirming that Shannon was okay, but again, multiple sources seem to be mixed up with the physical evidence that was left behind, or lack thereof. There is confusion on if the postcard was the same thing as the note. In both scenarios, the documentation has never been released. Huh. interesting so i saw a lot of sources um on online forums because like i said there's not too much information other than the charlie project and the doe project um or the doe network but essentially it seems to be very there are two conflicting scenarios one where she snuck out for a party and left a note the other is where she was actually there were there was supposed evidence of her making phone calls to Florida, Colorado, and Mississippi, long distance phone calls. Um, so that oh, seems to from her house, yeah, from her house, which seems to line up with the uh, postcard that would be sent yeah. from Florida saying she's okay. And I believe that was from Orlando, Florida. Um, and how long after she? left for the party did that postcard come three days so she left on the fifth and her mother received the postcard on the eighth so i don't know which scenario is true can't figure it out (laughs) so very ironically i received a postcard today um and it was sent out on the sixth and i just received it today which is the 12th huh so interesting you know what I'm trying, like, you know, yeah. I feel like that's a little, qu- I don't know if that's a little quick. I don't know how fast mail works, honestly, but yeah, mine I, took, mine took six days to get here. That's, well, I assume that unless she found, even if you're hitchhiking to Florida, that's right? Like you have to have time to get there. Yeah. You have to get like account for the time to get there. If she had money to purchase a postcard Sunday like she's 13 you know yeah I don't even know I don't think she had a job or anything um but I don't know I think yeah that's a little quick um there's just a lot of things in this case that don't add up at all I have gone through so much extensive research and there's not a clear line for anything on this case that is actually the last information I have on Shannon Potter is that postcard. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like I said, it's literally barely like half a page of research. And that's all the concrete information I have. It's not all the information I have, but it's everything that's concrete. (laughs) Thank you guys for tuning into our podcast. This is just a little break. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram at C2GPod, C-T-O-G, P-O-D, so that's on Instagram. Uh, You can contact us on there if you have any submissions that you'd like us to talk about, whether that be personal experiences, cases that you guys find interesting and want to hear us talk about, you can email us at coasttogosubmissions at gmail.com. 
From here on out, I do have to warn you, none of this has been proved. Most of what I'm about to present to you is pure speculation. I don't have any concrete fact backing this up because concrete is fleeting with this case. And I'm not going to mention the names of the people I spoke with, just their relation to Shannon Potter, because I don't yeah. want to get them in trouble, nor do I want to get myself in trouble. I, I think I am most excited to hear about the, this part of your story versus the concrete like facts that you have. I don't know if that's just because it's kind of gossipy. And I It is. It's very gossipy. But I think that's <laughs> why I'm kind of excited to hear it. Yeah, I mean it was really interesting because while I was going through this case, I was about to give up. I had <laughs> I told Carly, I was like, you know what? Maybe make sure you have a good portion of your your half of the show done just because we don't want to have like a 10 minute episode. <laughs> um but then last minute effort, I went ahead and searched up Shannon Lee Potter on Facebook and a post came up. And from that post, someone said, hey, does anybody remember this person who went missing in Parkville in 1984? And underneath there was a bunch of comments that said, oh, yeah, I do remember her. This is why she actually left or like, I hope she's still alive, like a bunch of stuff like that. And. You know, I reached out to a lot of people who were commenting on those posts. I went ahead and clicked on it, and I messaged them on Facebook, whoever I could get it a hold of. I think it's pretty crazy how in, like, a very close-knit community, like, you could forget about something like that. You know, I feel like that's something... Like, granted, I've never been in an instance where something like that has happened to me. I don't believe so. I don't think that I would be able to like I don't know if it would be forgettable and stuff but um where I'm from in Canada you've pro- it's a very very well-known case have you ever heard of like the Barbie and Ken killers yeah I have Paul Paul Bernardo and Carla Homoka so that's where I'm from oh my god and so that was way before I was not way before I was born but a few years before I was born and I know it's like a really really big case but like to this day like people talk about it all the time right and where we um where we met there was the Brittany drexel case and that was never forgotten or heather elvis i think was going on while we worked together yeah and that's again something you never forget about so Mm -hmm. um i did actually end up talking to a couple people who knew nothing and uh one person stuck with me i messaged him and he said oh i assumed that she was found Like, I never heard of it again. So it looks like it happened and just no one ever mentioned it again. Very Um, interesting. So, yeah, a lot of people. It is very, very sketchy, especially since my mom was, like, so adamant. Like, she was trying to help me so much. She was like, oh, well, why didn't you ask the next door neighbors? I remember them. And she'll give me, like, these names and then I have to follow up on these names. And, like, it's this whole entire, like process but I did end up getting a hold of two people who were very helpful um but with both of them I have to tread with caution because I don't know them and uh my family only knew them in passing so I I was trying to be as objective as possible so the first person I talked to I'm going to change her name to Gwen just because I really like that name <laughs> um, I think we should stick with the with the, maybe the Spider-Man yeah theme. so we yeah. can do Gwen and Mary Jane right we totally MJ. should MJ <laughs> we definitely could <laughs> 
um, which is exactly where I got it. You know me so well. I do. (laughs) So basically, the woman I found was extremely close to Shannon growing up, or at least she claimed to be, until she vanished. I asked her all the questions that I had lingering about the case, and she was super kind enough to respond to me. It was very So was she around 13 at the time, too? Yeah, so they were in the same age, same grade. Um, And they were, they stuck together. They both lived on the same avenue in... Maryland, but my mom didn't remember them. I should preface that my mom, by the time that Shannon disappeared, was 18 years old. She had just graduated high school, so she didn't necessarily associate with the Mm -hmm. younger kids in the neighborhood, but she would see them and talk to them sometimes. Um, But she was driving at that point, so why why would she, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, reasonable, yeah. Yeah. So Gwen explained to me that a lot of people thought Shannon was an odd kid. She kept to herself most of the time, and other kids would pick on her because of her rocky home life. Again, this is just speculation, but many people thought that Shannon's mother had an angry streak, and Shannon would constantly have broken bones and bruising, which brings Uh... me back to the shattered pelvis and the scars. And uh, Gwen told me that one time Shannon showed up with, like, this nasty black eye, Oh, gosh. Uh, and actually, the last time that my mother ever spoke to Shannon, her arm was in a cast. So, yeah. Which is pretty yeah. severe, like, reoccurring injuries. Yeah. Too. Yeah, it is. Um, so I understand the speculation. Yeah, so I don't want to say, like, oh, her mom was a bad person, but... Um, from what I was hearing, a lot of people said she was a weird kid and had trouble at home and, uh, had some pretty severe bruising most of the time. Mm. So that leads a lot of people to the theory that she is a runaway and, uh, why she wasn't ever looked for really again, even though her disappearance is classified a non-family abduction or a homicide. So, oh wow, yeah, so that's super interesting. Because of the constant threat, Gwen claims that Shannon would often hang out at the police station because people would pick on her a lot. And this is where, <laughs> this is this is where I texted you because I was yes, like, "What the what hell?" I know you can't see me, but I just like s- kind of s- sat a little straight. Yeah, you straightened my... your shoulders a little bit. Yeah, You're because like, I've Ooh. been <laughs> I've been waiting. <laughs> Yeah, so because Gwen was picked on a lot, she felt this, or not Gwen, sorry about that, because Shannon was picked on a lot, she spent a lot of her time at the downtown police station. And this is where Gwen says that she met a cop, one that was 22 or 23 at the time. She would often lie to her mother saying she was spending the night at Gwen's house, but instead she was the one, oh wait, well, instead she was with the cop, which is the only way Gwen refers to this guy is the cop. I could never get a name out of her. Um, I asked several times and it just kind of was overlooked both times that Mm -hmm. I did. Um, And the other thing is, is when I started talking to other people, uh, they were kind of like, be careful where you get your information. So this is like an interesting theory to me because Gwen said that the cop knew Shannon was going to leave. And he was actually going to help her. She said in her exact words, Shannon knew what she wanted, and she wanted that cop. Oh. Yeah. So, So, like, me as a 13-year-old was pretty, like, I was, I was 
a very average 13 year old you know like I wasn't sneaking out of the house kind of thing like I was playing board games you know what I'm like I was pretty innocent I would say so literally sounds of it Shannon like I definitely was not talking to 23 year olds at 13 so is she a little more rebellious I would say yes and I feel like um this is just my personal opinion. She was trying to age herself a little right, bit with the yeah. outfit that she went missing in. It sounds like she was trying to make herself seem older than 13. And I know, like, this is so, like, psychology major of me, which I am not. I took, like, three psychology classes. But I think with her parents divorcing, she was looking for, like, a male figure in her life. And maybe she found it in this cop. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Which, again, this is the only time I've ever heard of the cop. It's never mentioned anywhere else in any type of investigation. Um, But it's interesting because if this theory is actually true, he is most likely the last person to see her before she went missing. Yeah, because her plan, according to Gwen, was she wanted to hitchhike to be with her father um, which makes sense because this like suburb is right next to I-80, which is like one of the biggest highways in the world. Uh, it's like an exit town, if that makes sense. So okay, it would be very easy for her to hitchhike and uh, get to yeah. where she yeah. needed to go. And that brings me to another theory. Maybe she did get out of the window and as... Gwen told me, left the note for a party as a way to deter her mom from finding her. And then she was going to hitchhike and the cop was going to help her. Um, and this theory right. leads me to believe that maybe she was hitchhiking and maybe she got into a car of someone who wasn't the greatest person in the world. Uh, it happened all the time. 70s, 80s, 90s, even early 2000s. People would get into a car right. of someone who they thought they could trust and it was not good right right yeah so that is the the second theory so just to recap we (laughs) we have she went to a party disappeared somewhere at this party or on the way to a party second theory is she was seeing this cop who helped her hitchhike and either the cop killed her or uh she died on the way to see her father so i don't know if you have this information but like was the was the cop still around in the area after she disappeared? I yeah. have no clue. Uh, I would okay. assume so, but that's like a whole other can of worms. Like if he because was, if, did they find out about it? And since he's a cop, they just let it go. It's kind of like it, I'm getting. Uh, what's that show that was on Hulu this summer? Um, with Olivia Holt. Oh, Cruel Summer. Cruel Summer. I'm kind of getting like, you know, he didn't mean to kidnap her. Yeah, I'm kind of getting Cruel Summer vibes where like she ran away with this older guy, them not kind of thinking anything of it, realizing the situation they were in. Yeah. You know what I'm... It's interesting. It's a little weird. I don't... I wish I had more information, like, yeah. from people in general, but I only talked to Gwen and one other person uh, in depth about what they remember, and uh, I got <laughs> I got very, very involved in web sleuths, which 
shout out to that website. It is amazing. <laughs> it's actually solved some like actually pretty serious crimes. Um, which brings me to the next portion of this, which is that forum, Web Sleuths, and it's dedicated, there was a, a thread dedicated to finding out where Shannon Potter ended up. It restated all the information I've already covered, like the phone calls and the postcard from Florida, but there was something more. So there was a user named ManUp23 who figured out that there were some similarity, similarities <laughs> similarities between Shannon and the lake. I'm going to butcher this. It's like Pond Chartrain? Pond Chartrain? I don't even know how to say it. Uh, Doe. So there was a girl who was found in this lake. In the what area? Louisiana. Okay. Yeah. So uh, she was found in this lake in Louisiana. She's the same height and weight of the body found. So Shannon is the exact same height, same weight. But there are a few issues with this theory. Shannon would have had to be pregnant at the time because this doe was pregnant. Uh Uh, It was two years after Shannon went missing. So two, three, yeah, she'd be 15 or 16 at the time. And she also had implants. So I don't know. I'm assuming implants mean like the chesticle region. But I don't know, because that's all it says, is she had implants. Uh, And a lot of people theorized that if she did go to Florida and send that postcard to Florida, whoever she was mixed up there with, they kind of, like, informed or kind of guessed that it was, like, a human trafficking business where she would have to get implants. And it would make sense that she's pregnant. But it's a stretch. Uh, The only thing that really matches up is height and weight. And I believe they passed this information on to the authorities, but nothing's been done with it. Yeah. So there was another Jane Doe that people were convinced was Shannon in Boward County. And it was Boward County, Florida. Okay. And... uh, A lot of people, like for a very, very long time, were convinced that this was Shannon. However, they checked dental records and it didn't match. But I do have to say, dental records are not 100% accurate, especially the way they used to test them in the 80s and the 90s. So a lot of people want it to be retested. So that is something that... I think authorities might be looking into, but then again, it's a 37-year-old case. So it's not going to happen quickly if it happens at all. But hopefully it does. I really, really hope so. Did they test dental records of the first Jane Doe? No, so that one was actually the the the, most recent information I found. So I think it was pretty pretty close in time uh, to now. So that's going to take forever. I feel like for lack of a better word, people don't care. Baltimore's a big city, and uh, crime rate's pretty high, so right. cold cases aren't that high on their list. They do have a cold case unit, uh, but they are also doing other stuff as well. So mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting. And there was, I believe, maybe two more Jane Doe's that people speculated was Shannon, uh, but they got matched with other people before okay. anybody could confirm it as Shannon. And uh, unfortunately, that's all the information I have, like in general, Um, from everything. I combed so many websites. I talked to so many people and they all said the same thing of, oh, I didn't know she was still missing, 
But now that you say that, it's a little weird that this happened, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah, so Gwen believes that Shannon is still alive, and uh, she wants answers more than anybody. I bet, as I've a very to. close friend of Shannon's. Yeah, and... Um, I do think it's kind of interesting how... Obviously, Shannon and Gwen sound pretty close, where Gwen knew that she had somewhat of a relationship with somebody 10 years her age, but Shannon didn't find, uh, the, like, didn't tell Gwen anything about her kind of leaving. You know? Oh, so, um, technically, Shannon did. Shannon okay. went to Gwen, and uh, it was about four days before her disappearance. And Say, she, was that like saying that the cop was going to kind of help her? Yeah. So okay. she, it was like four days, and she was just like, "Hey, I'm leaving." And Gwen did state a couple of times that she thought she was joking. She was like, "There's no way." And then she came up missing, and Gwen said that her and her parents actually searched for a very long time. My thing is. Like you said, if they're so close, I wonder if she mentioned this to the police when they were looking for her initially. Yeah. And if they did, we have no way of knowing because police reports in Baltimore, Maryland, if they're not explicitly a homicide, they get rid of them after a certain amount of time. And this is just me being a speculator. Is that a word? Speculate. Yeah. A speculator. speculator. You know, obviously there's there could be potentially a cop that was involved in this so who knows what was being pushed on his side kind of thing like you know maybe he was yeah. trying to sweep it under the rug because he was involved not saying that he was but just trying yeah. to look at all different sides oh yeah absolutely i'm the same way and i have no clue because i mean once i got some information other information was immediately discredited and it seemed like a circle of, I don't have anything to report, and this is absolutely madness. <laughs> like, who do I even talk to yeah. right now? I can say, um, I do want to give special thanks to Tammy. That is an actual name. Uh, she is absolutely amazing. Helped me find the last name of Connie. And she has a friend who works for the Charlie Project and for the Doe Network. Oh, very cool. Yeah, and I have passed all the information I had about Connie and uh, about anything else that my mom said uh, on to Tammy so she could pass it on to both networks. So hopefully that'll that'll get somewhere. Wait, you said Connie instead of Shannon. Yeah, no, Connie, because they didn't oh. know about Connie. Yeah, oh. they had no clue oh, about okay. Connie. I have no information about Shannon, but they didn't know Connie even owned the house. Oh. Yeah, so it's super, super interesting. Which is fair. Yeah, how did that not ever come up in investigation? Like, yeah, I, <laughs> I couldn't tell you. It's this just is very fishy. It is. There's like a lot of stuff going on that doesn't add up. But if you do have any information, Shannon's case is still open to the public today and open to investigation. You can contact the Baltimore County Police Department's Unsolved Case Unit at 410-887-3943, or they have a secondary number, 410-887-6152. Yeah, hopefully we, our listeners could, if they hear anything, potentially 
Yeah, potentially they can help out, especially since I know my mom is so supportive. She's going to share this on Facebook, even though she never listens to the podcast. <laughs> Thank she, you, Shelby's mom. Yeah, thanks, mom. <laughs> she like literally, she's like, how many episodes are out now? And I'm like, four, five. And she's like, oh. And I was like, you haven't listened to the first one yet, have you? And she's like, no, but I love you. And I'm like, love you too, mom. Thanks for the support. Um, but yeah, if you guys have any information on that, that would be amazing. If you actually are in contact with any members of the family, if you want to send them my way, uh, coast to ghost submissions at gmail.com, please. Yeah, we would hopefully in the future love to have this solved. Yeah, absolutely. Especially since it's been a cold case for 37 years and Mm -hmm. I've dug my claws into it now. So I need information. (laughs) Yeah, we have like the itch for it now. Yeah, I feel like there's always like one case that sticks with people. And you always, when you watch true crime documentaries, they're like, this is the one case I couldn't let out of my mind. And that's just (laughs) how I feel about this case. It's just like, oh my God, I can't believe no one cares about this 13-year-old girl. And another weird thing I forget to mention or forgot to mention um, I don't know if she has any surviving family left. Gwen did tell me that her mother moved away right after Shannon's disappearance and did not care. Oh. Yeah, again, speculation just from Which one source. Which is very weird because you typically see parents, like, on their feet. Yeah. Like, right? And they won't let it that go. that did not seem to be a thing with Shannon's case. Uh, but while I was looking into information, I listened to a podcast that was about six minutes long that, uh, covered the basics of the case. And they mentioned Shannon having a brother named Damien. Oh, which is interesting. I have no clue. I couldn't find anything about Damien. Uh, and then when I was on the Web Sleuths forum, there was also a section that said that, uh, someone commented and she said, Shannon was my sister. I would like her to be found. And that threw me for a loop immediately. I tried to do as much information on like the IPN number and like the username. I searched it up everywhere. Absolutely nothing. Oh. Yeah. And on that forum, that was the one comment she's ever made in Web Sleuths. And it was in 2017. And that was the start and the end of that lead. <laughs> so I don't Very know if there's any surviving family, but if anybody from the Parkville, Maryland area has any information on family, on neighbors, on anybody that I need to talk to, please let me know. Cause I do want to get this information out there. Uh, because people deserve answers. Family deserves answers. I think she deserves father to deserves have more. And Shannon deserves to have more recognition. Yeah, absolutely. Her, this her name more well known than it is. Yeah, because I mean, people marked her runaway, and then she was never ever heard from again. And it's been thirty seven years, and unfortunately, this happens a lot. I did. Uh, oh my god, I'm remembering so much now. <laughs> um, I didn't put all of this in there because again, it was pure speculation. But there was another girl who went missing uh, two days after Shannon did in the same area, about 30, 30 miles away from Shannon. Oh. So that's another interesting case that I might touch on later, but I didn't want to push the two cases together if they're not right. necessarily put together. But I mean, there's just no information and we've, we've got to get this solved. So hit me up, hit the Baltimore police department on soft case unit up. Like we need, yeah. we need some stuff answers. going on. We need answers. I am not going to get on a plane and fly to Baltimore. 
I but might. I are might. you? <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> Next week's episode takes place in Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting down with the police chief in 1984. <laughs> That'd be cool. That would be cool. I unfortunately have $8 in my bank account, so <laughs> not going to happen. I'm going to keep my happy ass in Wyoming.